All power and glory go to God. All greatness is from God. When a hero stumbles, well, the cowards rejoice. Nothing feels better to a coward than to watch a brave guy fall. Got a story that's behind his tricks And every GM got a story that's behind his picks And when you listen, pay attention to the details You can hear the ocean when you listen to the seashells A newborn taught me wisdom that college couldn't And college taught me how to talk more because I wouldn't Words are sharper, they can reshape your disposition Give out love and don't worry about your acquisitions too worried about the conflict that you pension, but your team is too much for you to carry in your own division. Palms is itching, about to run into some money next. Lord made me slow it down, cause I was surely missing steps. You will step into my goals. Man, New Ginobili, can't nobody hold me. I need change like a gentrified neighborhood, but money ain't the only thing that can keep me straight for good. Bread alone is only good for the physical. Better make sure your soul's attached to your backbone. Verses for your vertebrae, chapters for your shoulder blades, books for my mental state, and letters on my dinner plate. You consume by what you consume, and the fumes from social media can mess up your cool. Clickbait on the internet can ruin your food. But depression ain't hashtag mood. I wanna see the moon when I stare up at the constellations to connect the dots. Vision's very clear, make moves, connect the plots. And return all the earnings to my family. Prayers for my health and for my sanity. Yo, 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 we back again, KRSM 98.9, every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Happy Monday, Monday morning. I hope everybody got their coffee. Hope you all ready to go for work. I'm feeling amazing right now. You know what I mean? It's 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 July 26. I'm feeling brilliant. Hope you feeling brilliant. Uh, we got Sarah Linus in the house, man. What's good, Sarah Linus? Man, everything is good, man. Everything is wonderful. You know, I'm just I'm happy to be here, happy to be alive. God is good. Um, just to let you know, God you can good. catch us. At, you can catch me at at said Linus, so, but it is spelled C E D dot L I N U S. If you do find the just straight C E D L I N U S, that's me too. But that, the Instagram shut that down. You know they censoring people nowadays. Uh, <laughs> uh, but both of those are both of those are me. And then uh, as far as the show on Instagram, it's the morning show. Let's argue. And then on fan base, it is less show. Uh, I mean, let's argue show. So um, okay, you can find me on underscore Prince Carlton underscore on Twitter, and you can find me on the same thing on uh, uh, on IG and on fan base. A new social media app, Black Owned, at Prince Carlton. 
No underscores or nothing. Just Prince Carlton. Yo. Okay. Number one, let's go ahead and talk about we got the amazing, we got an amazing interview with the great Dr. Wesley Muhammad. Yes. Of the Nation of Islam. And <clears throat> let me tell you something, man. This been a dude that I have been uh, 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 following for a very long time. You know, uh, uh, um, I saw him on a, a YouTube a YouTube video because I was looking at stuff with Jay Electronica. And I was up there like, okay, I see Jay Elect, and I'm like, and I see Dr. Wesley up there speaking, and I'm like, this guy, like, like he's speaking the truth. You know, what I mean, you, you you know how when you when somebody speak to, when somebody speaking some real stuff, you 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 want to hear more of it. You know what I mean? So that that's how um, that's how I became uh, a, a, a very big supporter of uh, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, and we got an amazing interview with him today. We're gonna be talking everything. Uh, 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 we're gonna be talking the the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, it's called Buck Breaking uh, by Tariq Nasheed. Uh, Dr. Wesley Muhammad was was in the movie. Uh, 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 um, uh, talking um, and giving historical facts, and we're, we're gonna sit down and talk to him about the movie. We're gonna to talk to him about uh, um, the vaccines. Uh, his book. Uh, the pot plot, a lot of other stuff. You don't want to miss this one for sure. You don't want to miss it. So make sure make sure you stay tuned throughout the whole radio episode because this interview is uh very very informative. Exactly. Um. So as for let's give it up for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, man. Milwaukee let's Bucks. Let's give it up. For they them. did. Let's give it up for the Milwaukee Bucks. They the, they the champions. They the NBA champions. And and, and who man? They deserve it. They deserve it. You know what I mean? They deserve it. You know, in the bubble, they got a lot of flack. Not even just the bubble. Even the year before that, uh, they got a lot of flack because they, they were up 2-0 on Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they ended up right. losing. And then they um, and then last year in the bubble, they got beat in the first round 4-1 to one by the Miami Heat, who would eventually go on to um, to um, play the Lakers in the championship. So they've been kind of coming under fire for underachieving for the last couple of years, man. And so, you know, they they got a few additions. Drew Holiday, they had to trade away a couple of guys. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. Um, but um, they got Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker, man. And now they got that chip, man. And it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. They, they're champions, man. I, I, think it's, I, I, think it's, I think you can say, I think it's clear that you can say right now, Milwaukee Bucks are the champions and Giannis is the best player in the NBA. <laughs> Here you go, man. He, why, why you always want to start something, man? Start why you always what? want to start something? Start why what? you always trying to start something? Look, man. I'll put it like this. Uh, let, let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me just let me ask you something. Would you say that Giannis is the best player in the NBA if they had if they didn't win a championship? If they if they if they lost. And didn't get in. And they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't get to play in the finals. Would you say? Would, would you come out right now and say that Giannis is the best player in the league? Okay, okay. If it was if it was if it was Brooklyn Nets, if it was Brooklyn Nets. All right, you you ready? And, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so 
over the last few years, I think it's been three years, I've thought that Giannis, even though he couldn't shoot that well, I thought that, yo, he he he's probably the best player in the NBA, but you can't give it to him if he has not gotten his first ring yet. And see, and, and I'm glad you brought that interview. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that argument because that's the same argument I have when people go back and say, oh, LeBron was the best player in the league in 07 and 08. Bro, he wasn't winning rings then. So it was like, even though he was good, if Kobe is still a one winning rings and Tim Duncan still a one winning rings at that time, you can't tell me that LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. So I reserved, so, so, so same way with LeBron, with Giannis, even though Giannis had won back-to-back MVPs, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He's always he always has the best PER. He's always on the uh, uh, he's always first team All NBA uh, and first team All Defense. I reserved the time to call him the best player in the NBA until he won a ring. LeBron won it last year. Kawhi won it last year. Those are all top five guys, but I had to wait until he got his first ring. Now that Giannis has his first ring and he also has those back-to-back MVPs and the and now he got a finals MVP to go with it, now I I, I can say Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Well, I don't I, I well I don't actually think he's the best player in the NBA. I mean, I mean that that's 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 I mean, that's me. I think LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. I think LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA, period. I mean, you 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 gotta look, man, you have to you have to uh how can I put it? See, one thing about LeBron James that will appear to make him not look like the best player is is I'll say his injuries. So so you you remember the year he first year he came to the the first year he came to the Lakers. He got injured, right? Right. Okay, he got injured. People then was like, hey, yo, LeBron ain't the best player no more. He came back the next year, and he was up for MVP. And people was like, okay, he might get MVP this year. You feel what I'm saying? Even though AD was putting up virtually better stats to him, you would still see you know, in the realm of things that, that LeBron James could still be LeBron James. I feel like next year, I feel like next year he's going to get on his, uh, I, you know, he's going to get on his stride, man. He'll get on his stride and we're going. And, Bro, and, and, and let me we, tell you something. Right. And, and he's going to win another, he's going to win another ring again. He's going to win another ring again. <clears throat> but I do, I give you this. I give you this. I'll say this. I do think that Right now, he's probably on his, he's probably on his, like, he's on his descent. I, now, I will say this also. His descent will probably be the most beautiful descent that we have ever seen in basketball history. But well, it, I do believe that he's, I do believe that he will be on his descent. But I, I believe his, his, his descent, when he retires, he will be Grant Hill. That's what I. That's what I. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you there. I, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I think with Father Time, I think he's going to continue to, to like, uh, get, get hurt. You know what I'm saying? In these seasons, and have these little pulls and strains to where he's not going to be a hundred percent LeBron. I, I just think I think he's at the point of his career, 
with that starting to happen. And I think even Magic Johnson said that LeBron needs to move to the uh, the four. The four, similar to what Magic Johnson did in '96 when he came back, you know what I'm saying? Magic mm. Magic played the four, so he said he he said he thinks LeBron needs to play the four, just so he can, uh, um, you know, cut down the wear and tear of his body of playing point guard because point guard is a lot of wear and tear of your body, and a, a lot of. I think he needs to. I think he needs to be an official three. That's what I think he needs to be an official three, not the ball, bringing the ball up three, because at the four you still banging. You still yeah, banging, but not, you, not you today's still banging league. Not today's league. The four ain't banging. The four ain't banging nothing. I mean, he might run into somebody who 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 bang. I mean, the, 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 the four okay. the four is like Crowder. The four is like Crowder okay. for the Suns. Right. Oh, oh boom. I feel you. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. Let's talk about the NFL. So basically, uh, the NFL now is uh, who, 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 what? Give me a give me uh what they're doing, what they're saying to teams. Okay. So because they're not they're not mandating they're not mandating the vaccine, but it's a heavy penalty if you don't. You're pretty much like a burden on your on your team. Yes. So 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 pretty much what's going on in the NFL is that they're not mandating the vaccine but they're right. making it very, 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 very hard for play for unvaccinated play, players to continue to play, right? Uh, 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 um, with being uh, unvaccinated, and also, right. and also, um, uh, they're making it very hard for teams to uh, for for you to get along with your teammates. It was just like remember right. Dr. Scott Jensen said some hospitals. Have a rule that if you're in the break room and everybody in the break room is vaccinated, you could take your ma- you could take your mask off. But then, as soon as yep. the, vaccin- uh, the unvaccinated person walks <clears throat> into the break room, everybody has to put their mask back on. Yeah, just by that rule of thumb, people are going to resent you when you walk through that door. Right, you know what I'm down. saying. So that's what the NFL is doing. The NFL is making it so if if if, if there is a COVID nineteen outbreak on a team is generally going to get blamed on the people who don't have the vaccines. Mm. So what they're saying is that, is that if these unvaccinated players are any, there's certain protocols for teams who have everybody vaccinated. So if you have a hundred percent vaccination, your team can do this. You don't have to wear masks. You you can, you can, uh, your team can, you know what I'm saying? Meet together, travel to do all these different things. But if your team has players that are unvaccinated, those guys can't travel with the team. They gotta, you know, what I'm saying they gotta be on this quarantine right. thing through the through the through the uh, the season and all this type of it's stuff. It's if, if your if your if your game is forfeited, if your game if your game is moved or whatever, and I guess what say if the 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 game is unable to be scheduled or something like that, then then then. The team with the unvaccinated players or the most unvaccinated players is the one who take the loss. Yes, yes, yes. We talk about money and we're talking about fines. And this today they came out NFL to fine unvaxxed players uh uh um uh fourteen thousand six hundred and fifty dollars every time they violate a COVID nineteen procedure. So 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 just unvaxxed players, so unvaxxed NFL players 
will be subjected to a fine of $14,650 every time they violate COVID-19 procedures. So what that means is that every time they hear about them leaving their their designated area, whether it's the house or room or whatever, they get a fine. Anytime they probably don't have a mask on on the sideline, they're going to get a fine. You know what I'm saying? So they're just making it very, very tough to play uh, uh, while being unvaccinated. And, and, and I think it's despicable because you take right. athletes, especially NFL athletes. These guys, they've been paying attention and worrying and and being very specific down to the, the, the every atom and molecule they can count with what they put in their body. They yep. know they, they know what food they're going to eat every day. They, you have to be very specific and very disciplined to play professional sports. And to now ask them to go against every single thing that they have been doing their whole lives with knowing exactly what's going on, into, into, uh, uh, going on with everything they put in their bodies. And you tell them, that now you have to put an experimental vaccine into their bodies now. It is disrespectful to everything they work for. <clears throat> yo, yo, hey, but, but, but this is... Oh, let, let me interrupt you real quick. I don't know how much time we got, but I know we don't got a lot. But um, uh, this is my thing. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins said, never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. He later deleted that. And then you have um, maybe like the same night they asked uh, a reporter as Dak Prescott. It was like, are you are vaccinated? And he declined to answer the question. He was like, yo, it's HIPAA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, whatever. You, you know, um, I fully support both of these athletes. You know, you shouldn't have to get a vaccine that you don't want an experimental vaccine at that. And you know, another aspect of it, these people who are vaccinated are still getting the coronavirus. They're still being hospitalized and they're still dying. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. Let me, okay. Let's do the math real quick. Okay. Listen to this. Okay. If your vaccine, right? Your vaccine, it's supposed to help you not get the vaccine, that help you not get the virus, in which it people who get the vaccine still does get the virus. And then you know what you know what their that their rebuttal to that is? Oh, it helps with hospitalization, it helps with serious illness, da-da-da-da-da. It just makes it just makes so I don't have a serious reaction or serious illness or hospitalization or death. Okay. Well, if that's for you to not be hurt and to not be hospitalized and you just, why do you care if somebody else get it or not? If they want to hurt themselves, then they can hurt themselves. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I'm just going to put this tidbit out of here. Before we um, go into the next block, um, running back Leonard Fournier uh, said, um, uh, he tweeted on Thursday, vaccine, I can't do it. Antonio Hamilton, a newcomer, uh, expected to provide depth at the cornerback position, called the vaccine's experiments in a tweet 
and said, if they get rid of me for sharing information to the misinformed, then so be it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happened with the Bucks and the wow. NFL at large. Wow. Yep. So that was two Bucks players. Two Bucks players, yeah. Yep. Amazing. All right. KRSM, 98.9, every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. We got an amazing interview with Dr. Wesley Muhammad. Dr. Wesley Muhammad. Stay tuned. Okay, so explain to our audience, because uh, we know who you are. So explain to our audience who you are in your own words. Well, <clears throat> that's very short and quick. Um, just your brother, Wesley Muhammad, a student minister of the Nation of Islam. I'm aspiring to be, at the very least, dear brother, inadequate, but ideally a good helper of the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. So, so we're going to ask you, uh, we, we got uh, a few different topics we want to uh, talk about today, but uh, um, one of the main topics is, is uh, buck breaking that we watched and we saw you. Uh, on, amazing. Uh, yeah, which was an amazing, amazing. Uh, documentary. Shout out brother Tariq Nasheed. Tariq Nasheed, yep. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so in buck breaking, uh, um, uh, there was a line in there that said that black men started I'm gonna put it in quotation marks. Feminism, which me, which I felt like they were saying that black men was the were the first people to actually fight for their women to have rights. Um, can you explain uh, that um, that phrase and, and and what took place early on in, in slavery when black men were fighting for their women to have rights? Yeah. Now, of course, that wasn't one of my quotes, but I do understand the concept. I in terms of enslaved Africans on the plantation. Male slaves not only fought for our freedom and dignity, but despite the false narrative of black men having no interest in the well-being of black women, that is a mm. false narrative. Going right. all the way back to the times of slavery, black men who were robbed of their own dignity systematically still did fight for the dignity of our enslaved women. So the narrative, the false narrative that black men have um, divested in terms of interest in the well-being, the protection and the elevation of black women. Um, that's a false narrative created by our enemies in order to engender such a posture from black mm -hmm. men. See, our enemies have a desire and through propaganda, they put it out there and then they create the circumstances for us to reach that aim and objective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we, 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 we see that all over today's media. But uh, but also in the movie, it said um, eighty percent of the lynching was done to young black males. So what message does it send to the the white society at large when 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 you they're lynching the young black males? Yeah, they were selected very carefully. It's not accidental that eighty percent of the lynch victims were young black males, it goes back to, as I mentioned in the movie, a cultic practice 
of old Europe. The church engaged in this practice of killing young men violently and harvesting in their mind the spiritual energy of young men because they had a particular belief then and whites have that belief now that all human beings have a a particular amount of the spiritual energy that could be harvested and no one carries the greatest amount of that energy than the young black males and right. by violently striking down a black male in this youth they believe you can harvest the greatest amount of this energy this is why not only 80% of lynches that occurred in the South were young black males, but let's bring it up today. <laughs> Most of the wealthiest white men of this country belong to the so-called the Bohemian Club that convenes in California every year at Bohemian Grove. And the central ritual of the Bohemian Grove weekend is a mock murder of a black, young black effigy. An effigy, a black colored effigy of a human child, which is described as, during the ritual, as the arch enemy of those whites who are gathered. Now mm -hmm. we have shown the evidence that while today the center of that ritual is a human effigy made from material, there is pictographic evidence that initially it was a live young black male that was ritually murdered at Bohemian Grove. And the ritual centered around the slaying of an actual, the ritual slaying of an actual young black male. So whether we're talking mm -hmm. about the ritual slaying of a young black male by wealthy Republicans in Bohemian Grove, California, or the ritual lynching that has sadistic and homoerotic undertones to it, the lynching of young black men in the South, they all come derived from a particular mentality of whites that black, the black physiology can mm. be harvested of all of its materials that whites hope to use to extend their life on this planet. Wow. So, so I, I, I've been, okay. So I've been, I feel like when I watch TV now, when I watch TV now, it feels like, what's going on with TV or uh, you can watch on Netflix, you can have uh, uh, HBO or anything, even commercials. You see that the black male, the straight black males or masculine black males are kind of pushed to the back now in just being seen, just being seen on TV or tele TV shows or anything. And I think we're, and I think what's happening is that we'll, we're being replaced by the more feminine black male, yeah, yeah. So, so because I, I was, I, I was when I tell people about that, they 
seem to think, hey, you reaching, man. You oh oh oh, oh you reaching. You I, I don't see that. How you see that? So my question to you is, can you tell our audience what are some forms of buck breaking today? Because a lot of people think, ah oh, man, that happened way back in the day. Ah, oh, they don't happen right now. <laughs> the most recent and clearest example of buck breaking 2021, in my opinion, is a dropping a little Nas X's new video <laughs> on the heels of that visual assault at the BET Awards, his performance. Now, I understand the context. Look, man, it wasn't too long ago when there was such an uproar over Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. Right. And there was a little nipple shown, and there was this tremendous outcry over the appropriateness of that during primetime television. Yep. We go from that to the BET Awards. They're supposed to be a family-friendly show. Right. Yep. It premieres during primetime hours, and families like my family and I were sitting around watching it, and then we were blindsided with little Nas X's performance that was... Oh pornographic in so many ways right, but it's mainstream exactly. and then that's followed up by um, industry baby video drop mm -hmm. which really is just so over the top but that to me is buck breaking 2021 it's the weaponization of hip hop the aim of which is to normalize homosexuality among black use hip hop to normalize homosexuality in black America. And it all goes back as I close this thought, because you are right. Straight black men are not only persona non grata, in this society, straight black men, especially if you are proud to be a straight black man, man, yep. you are considered not just outdated and, and anti-social, meaning anti this society, but we are considered a threat to this society. Absolutely. So all of this talk of toxic masculinity really just means any masculinity that isn't compromised by femininity is toxic. And so it all goes back as I close to the solution that this government decided upon to quell the uprisings of the inner cities, the so-called riots of the late 60s. This government and their scientists decided that the problem that was exploding in the cities of America was a problem that was described as black masculine hostility. Black masculine hostility was the cause of the riots in the inner cities. And so with black masculine, and they described this as a neurological problem, a mental health problem wow. of black, of inner city black males. And so if black masculinity is the 
medical problem. Black femininity is the medical solution. Right. And so that's how we get scientific buck breaking, which is what I have been documenting in our book on the right. scientific assault on Black America. Mm. Wow. I, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to uh, jump to another question, uh, uh, Prince. Uh, um, so I'm going to go with, you know, hip hop is, is is loved around the world uh, a, a lot for its masculinity. Even, even when I was a child, I felt like when I was listening to, to, to hip hop and rap, it gave me a certain presence. It gave me a certain strength. Uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? It, it, uh, you had to stand up. But, you know, even even little stuff like uh, uh, don't copy nobody, don't bite off nobody else's rhymes. You know what I'm saying? It, it made you kind of be your own person. But nowadays when I see, uh, 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 like you talk about little Nas X, I see that they're feminizing hip-hop. So uh, um, so tell us not only your perspective, but who who is also to blame for this? It, do, do, should we put more blame on the companies? Or should we put more blame on the artists who, who are buying into this type of system? Well, of course, both. There's enough blame to go around. Right. And both have to take both the puppet and a puppeteer, in this case, have to take due responsibility. The It is said in the Quran, dear brother, Satan says, I called you and you came, but I had no power over you. So the puppet, the strings that bind the puppet to the puppeteer are artificial. But when we focus on the puppet, when we focus on Little Nas, Lil Nas X, when we focus on Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, we're reaching for low-hanging fruit. Right. Absolutely. More important than Lil Nas X is Ron Perry, Rob Stringer, and going all the way up to Doug Morris. Doug Morris is more a legitimate target of criticism than is Lil Nas X. And Craig Cowman and Julie Greenwald is more a legitimate target of criticism than is Cardi B. And Leo Cohen is absolutely more a target legitimate target of criticism than is Meg the Stallion. So our poor people, literally poor, our people on average, suffer from poverty. And all you have to do is proposition us. And so bringing it full circle, Lil Nas X, what do I mean all you have to do is proposition us? I believe the answer to what we're seeing in little with little Lil Nas X is a statement he made July 2019 after he came out as gay. He said this. He said, last year I was sleeping on my sister's floor, had no money, struggling to get plays on my music, suffering from daily headaches. Now I'm gay. See, mm -mm. I was poor, right? I'm broke. Right. I can't even afford medical insurance to get my daily headaches taken care of. Right. Now I'm gay. <laughs> I believe he was propositioned. He was young. 
He was propositioned. And when the devil makes a proposition mm. and we accept the devil's proposition, as I believe Lil Nas X did, as I believe Frank Ocean did and others. Right. And there is condemnation for both, but Satan is, is the real culprit here. Mm. Wow. It's, okay. So so is there a comparative struggle between the LGBTQ community and black people? I don't believe the struggles are comparative right. in the least. You know, <laughs> what I think is a great example of why that's the case. Remember here in Chicago, our brother from Empire. Jesse, yep. I forget his name. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Jesse, when our brother fabricated that hate crime, right? Right. I remember it then. He was able through his connections, you know, his, his, he's black LGBTQ. His father is a white Jew. That's not insignificant. Right. And I remember when he was able to get his case thrown out. Mm -hmm. I remember the the Chicago police chief and the Chicago mayor coming before the people whining hard. They mm -hmm. were big mad. Yeah, yeah. But I said to myself, wow, gay privilege, black gay privilege just bested white privilege. Absolutely. Now, the only black privilege that can best white privilege is gay black privilege. Gay black yep. privilege is real. See, black Black the black struggle does not have the benefit of besting white privilege, but mm. gay black the LGBTQ struggle frequently best white privilege in every mm. other privilege, right? Because the gay mafia is as real and as powerful as any mafia. In this country, in the gay mafia's control of Hollywood, for example, which means, and the music industry, right. which means control of the contours of society, you know, speaks to or undergirds this reality of gay black privilege. So, mm. no, the two struggles to me are in no ways alike. Um, the gay, the black LGBTQ has acquired so much influence, they have become bona fide bullies, right. social mm. bullies, in a way that you and me, we can't be social bullies. We can be bullies on the block, right? Right, right. On the corner, epsilon, we can bully each other, epsilon males, <laughs> low-hanging right. fruits. You right, know, bullying exactly. each other. We can do that. <laughs> we had those sexual uh, But gay males, gay black males, <laughs> bully in society. They oh, wield power in society. So 
the two struggles are in no way comparative in my opinion. We are going to play some music and then we'll be back with the rest of the interview with Dr. Wesley Muhammad on KRSM 98.9. Wife looks back, can I hold it a spot? If I don't live his commandments, can I say I forgot? Can I forgive if my heart is tighter than not? Blood is starting to clot. But what if I'm lot? What if my wife looks back? Can I hold her a spot? If I don't live his commandments, can I say I forgot? Can I forgive if my heart is tighter than not? Blood is starting to clot. And this restricted flow, facing the bitter foe. But everything was all good a little bit ago. We overlook issues, therefore they double back. Holiness is a trip in the have, make sure your luggage packed. It's like the torture rack, submission holds, I'm forced to act out of my character. But does my spirit stay intact? That's the negative. If wisdom is my relative, then I should practice patience. But man, it gets so repetitive. Me and my wife on the out, Satan be planting his doubts, labeling others as thirsty. But it's a famine and drought. Let me just mind my own, still trying to find a clone. The shoulder will bit and slow, but only the cornerstone can handle this type of weight. He's standing outside the gate, awaiting the true bride. But this ain't no blind date. It takes a relationship, take these preparation tips The world tries to break your spirit, maintain a tenacious grip That's easy to get set and done, my spirit man's on the run Someone's got a head trigger, looks like I'm the smoking gun Lord keep me on safety, and please don't replace me Write me in the Lamb's book of life and don't erase me but what if I'm lot? What if my wife looks back? Can I hold her a spot? If I don't live his commandments, can I say I forgot? Can I forgive if my heart is tighter than not? Blood is starting to clot. What if I'm lot? I think what if I fail? My leadership versus worldly pleasures and they prevail. Forgiveness versus eternal feelings is mental jail. A heavy heart is an understatement, my tip to scale. And tumble over breaking the crown for which is hell. Feel like a soldier returning from war, it's just a shell. The impact from the fall. Just crack the street, easily showing the hidden dangers trapped underneath. The foundation should have been Christ, but now I see I might have used materials inferior, trying to be cheap. So now I pay the price on the quest for some peace. Don't want no pie, y'all though, before I requested a peace. I hate the world, but what if she loved it in secrecy? Not realizing we're sharing the suffering equally. Now I mask myself, feeling half myself. Devil look as I pull that good book back from shelf. Ain't never been to college, well, according to knowledge, and as I took the weaker vessel, I'm showing my honor. Can it shine again? Rusty silver get polished. It's like objecting in court. The judge says I'll allow it. So what if I'm locked? I look what it reflect. Or will I drift into a pillar looking back myself? Will I drift into a pillar looking back myself into the rear view? Satan stuck his spear through the end result laying on a church altar right near you. Trying to remember all, just to surrender all. Driving up my blood pressure and my cholesterol. The world stay gassing my bad decisions like ethanol. I need to touch a God in a can like an aerosol. Like a devil repelling, future past or the present. Struggles never subside and it's always unpleasant. Each moment's pivotal, sitting here looking pitiful. Cause I'm entertaining, taking a glance out my peripheral. 
peripherals Missing the world a bit Or scared to commit It's only one thing And one only He ain't taking a split And if Christ is the foundation He should build a permit But what if I'm lot? What if my wife looks back Can I hold her a spot If I don't live his commandments Can I say I forgot Can I forgive If my heart is tighter than not Blood is starting to clot But what if I'm lot? What if my wife looks back Can I hold her a spot If I don't live his commandments Can I say I forgot Can I forgive If my heart is tighter than not Blood is starting to clot back krsm 98.9 this is the morning show let's argue with prince carlton and we're going to hop right back into our interview with dr wesley muhammad i got a follow-up question okay so so how did because when i was in school when i was in school i remember uh like us black people in the in the class we talked about oh man like our struggles is this and that and then we would have a gay person in the classroom and they would be like yeah but my struggles is 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 this and we like no yours ain't the same as mine how in the world did as of because we okay so we're in minneapolis now so when people go out with okay george floyd when we go out and protest with george floyd this is what we see now because this is a very, 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 very liberal city, very liberal city. So when we see a lot of times we see a uh, Black Lives Matter fist surrounded by the gay flag in a painting. How did how, how did that conjoin? How did the the the, the, the they lump the two together? Well, I, it didn't happen that way. Right. The two started as one. Remember, the founders of Black mm, Lives yep. Matter yep. are self-described queer. And right. so the agenda of Black Lives Matter was always part and parcel of their queer agenda. This is why Black Lives Matter vision for society, vision for the Black village is a village, is a vision that has no place or space for the black father. Absolutely. Because the black father is a heterosexual male. And yep. so Black Lives Matter vision for the black community has jettisoned the black father. So Black Lives Matter, the organization, initially was truly anchored in the queer agenda. This is why. Um, so many of the Black Lives Matter leaders are queer and get so much money Yep. from the establishment. Black Lives Matter is heavily funded by very suspicious groups of the American oligarchy. And so, no, it's not that the Black Lives Matter agenda over here and the queer agenda over here eventually converged. They started out one and the same. Oh, definitely. Right. And, and, and uh, 
and that's definitely what we see uh, uh, around here in uh, Minneapolis. But but when it comes to black men, it's almost like uh, to society, we damned if we do, we damned if we don't. Because when a a black man, when a black man is is missing from his family, regardless of the reason, whether it's incarceration or whether just some other circumstance, we're demonized for that. But when a black man stands up for his family, they call it toxic masculinity. That so, what, 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 what's the what's the origin of the whole toxic masculinity phrase? And and, and it, it even is that a phrase that is even supposed to be for us as black people? Right. You made a great great observation, dear brother. The false narrative has always been the black father is absent. Black men are are dead beats, right? Mm-hmm. They are not in the home. And so black men have carried the stigma as deadbeat dad absent from the home. And here we now have this well-funded group whose vision for black society is a home where the black man is absent. They Mm -hmm. want the black father absent from the home and they are well funded that vision is well funded by this government in fact the extent to which black men were absent from the black homes is the result of the deliberate workings of the u.s government to create the black matriarchy in our society. If many of these homes, when they say 60 to 80% of black children are raised in female-headed homes, in many cases, those female-headed homes have a black man in them, but that black man is so disempowered by society so unable to function as father and husband, not because he's deadbeat, but because the society is deadbeat against him functioning as a man in the home. So the black matriarchy, to the extent that it exists in black America, and it does, It was deliberately created, deliberately produced. Now, black men who want to be fathers, who want to be husbands, my God, who just want to be men. Mm, Exactly. We are the ones who bear the tag of toxic masculinity. Any black man who says, I want to be a man, And we say that with any conviction, we are the ones who are tagged as toxic masculinity because any masculinity, any self-asserting masculinity, any masculinity that doesn't compromise with the gay agenda of this country is deemed toxic because Mm -hmm. we are still in the government's operation which deemed black masculine hostility 
as not just a crime against society, ergo the riots, but this government deemed black masculine hostility as a pathology, mm. a mental health disorder. And it says, they say black masculine hostility. Hostility towards what? Hostility towards the 400 plus years right. of abuse. If we are in any way angry at our treatment, then our anger at white supremacy is deemed black masculine hostility mm -hmm. and we are the target. We are toxic. The only mass, the only maleness that is acceptable and applauded mm -hmm. in this society, the only black maleness that is acceptable and applauded in this society and rewarded in this society is a black maleness that is totally non-hostile to white supremacy, totally non-threatening to white supremacy, ergo a feminized black male. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, so you have a book, The Pot Plot. Can you explain uh, how marijuana are forms of chemical emasculization? Yeah. Emasculation, so, yep. Our, our, our book is really volume two. Volume one, understanding the assault on the black man, black manhood, and black masculinity. And then volume two of that, subtitled The Pot Plot, Marijuana, Hip Hop, and the Scientific Assault on Black America. Um, the pot plot, as I describe it, is absolutely part of the, the process I call scientific buck breaking. Mm. Now, we are not talking about the righteous and appropriate use of cannabis, God's herb, God did gift cannabis to the earth. Can right. The cannabis plant has tremendous value, medicinal value. Used properly, it's a boon to humanity. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. That's not what we're smoking. That's not what's being legalized state by state across the country. That's not what is being dispensed from these dispensaries. Something very different is being consumed. It's a synthetic product, a product created in American laboratories. In fact, I've said that Loud, now I understand, I know loud is a general term, but loud in the sense of marijuana products with very high THC content that pack a greater intoxicating punch than did Louis Armstrong's joint, for example. Right. <laughs> this, this stuff is very loud compared to what was being smoked in the 50s and 60s. The reason it was not backyard breeders 
that first produced loud strains of marijuana. It was military laboratories of the late 30s that, mm. that first synthesized the THC molecule and produced preparations, marijuana preparations with exaggeratedly elevated THC content, diminished CBD content, and then released these preparations into society to test them as weapons. This was mm. part of the U.S. Army Chemical Corps a program called Conquer by Cannabis Program. Because what these loud strains of cannabis do is they demilitarize a population. Get that? Mm. They demilitarize the population. What do I mean? So some of the early tests, U.S. Army Chemical Corps tests of these, these loud preparate marijuana preparations were done on dogs and they saw that dogs that had consumed these marijuana preparations with high THC, they said that you can abuse the dog. You can step on his tail, step on his foot, and the dog will never aggressively respond to mm. any abuse. So these, these loud strains of marijuana sedate the population, demilitarize the population, and this is why, dear brothers, George Floyd, our dear brother, can be murdered so horrendously on camera. That video, when watching was so long, we, the viewers, had to suffer. Watching mm. our brother suffer like that. And the media, as they like to do, they put such black suffering on heavy rotation. Mm, yep. So we see it and we consume it. And George Floyd was the latest, the most egregious but wasn't the first uh, such theatrics. Theatrics because the media uses our suffering theatrically like that. Yeah. But no suffering triggers what it should trigger in Black people. We watch this suffering. Any other human population made to suffer that, that level of suffering would trigger an uprising, a real uprising. Absolutely. For black people, we consume this year after year, month after month. And the most it does is get us out there protesting. But look, look, white folks don't suffer like that, but white folks made up most of the George Floyd riots mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so, absolutely so so the trigger the trigger the way it triggered black people is the same way it triggered white people to protest yep. get out of the the covet quarantine so we have been demilitarized mm. and 
when you study the how popular weed consumption is today among millennials, among Gen Z, not only is weed consumption at greater numbers, but we are starting younger. So we are consuming longer over time. We're consuming more so Black America, the George Floyd tragedy, and the resulting reaction, I believe perfectly illustrates how demilitarized Black America is, how sedated Black America is. And that is a form of feminization that is butt-breaking when you have a nation full of males, but we can suffer such injury, such assault, and the most the men are willing to do is protest alongside the women. No, we have been demasculinized. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Okay, so we we talked about chemicals. We talked about chemicals. I want to know um, why would you advise not only Black Americans, but Black people to stay away from the COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah. One... Because it's military technology. The mRNA platform that is at the root of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. Mm -hmm. They were military technologies that had been available for years before the COVID-19 pandemic but they needed an opportunity to be deployed. Right. The coronavirus called COVID, SARS-CoV-2 um, pandemic gave the government an opportunity to deploy this new technology, masquerading as an effective vaccine. But mm-hmm. it is not effective. Not and at all. So, Thousands of fully vaccinated persons here in the U.S., in Asia, in Israel, thousands of fully vaccinated persons are coming up with COVID-19. Yep. They are calling them breakthroughs. Breakthroughs, yep. (laughs) But they're breaking through all over the place. So not only are there thousands of cases of death as a result of reactions from the vaccine, so-called vaccine. Side effects, a whole spectrum of very nasty side effects from the so-called vaccine itself. But on top of that, you're still getting COVID and still dying by the thousands. Yeah. So we in the nation of Islam, as students and followers of the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan, who last year, July 4th, before Operation Warp Speed, rolled out the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Farrakhan said and warned the world, don't take their vaccines. 
Yeah. And that stopped or slowed black people. Black people listen. And so black people were the last ones. We were the first ones to go crazy over that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah. And so they thought that we would go equally quite crazy over the COVID-19 vaccine that we probably would have. Mm. But what they they didn't count on was a Farrakhan factor. And because of his divine declaration on July 4th, black people were very slow to get in these lines. And so they tagged us with the charge of, or the tag of vaccine hesitancy. Mm -hmm. Black people's hesitancy is slowing the process of herd immunity in this country, but they say herd immunity requires 60 to 70% of the population. 60 to 70% of the American population are white. So let them get the vaccine Absolutely. and be herded <laughs> like yep. that and get the herd immunity. But yep. they are so angry because they want black people to surrender ourselves to this technology and they are mad at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. They are mad at the Nation of Islam because we are exposing their plot. That yeah. the COVID-19 vaccine, which still is not FDA approved for a reason. Not that the FDA is a trustworthy institute. <laughs> Absolutely. But as corrupt as the FDA is, if they still have not approved <laughs> any other vaccine, you know that we got a problem here. It's, it's just different. Without fucking up, show me up. Show me your one to one. Show me you'll never run. Show me I can't find a better one. Show me to everyone. Show me the world make a better one. Yeah, show me love. Show me you know how to open up. Show me the scars from your older love. Show me the parts that you don't discuss. Yeah, show me trust. Show me it all, you know that's a must. Yeah, show me lust. Yeah, show me your wild and show me your smile. Cover your face and show me your down. If love is the taste, then we skip the trial. If these are the breaks, then we break it down. When we in the lace, just look at their face. Huh? Just show me you're here for the race. Just show me you got what it takes. Don't tell me to show me you're great. Huh? Show me love. Show me something. Show me love. It's all or nothing. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love, show me something, show me love, it's all or nothing, show me love, show me love, show me love, show me love. 
Show me pain. Show me you stand around. Show me you can't explain. Show me your love that you can't contain. Show me your lowest lane. Show me I'm Superman, you my lowest lane. So show me you overcame. Show me the secrets, you know the game. Show me the difference. Show me, don't tell me your mention. Show me your work for the pension. Show me your love won't go missing. Yeah, show me your gifted. Show me your presence is different. Light up the trees like it's Christmas. Show me a reason to give it. I know the seasons are switching. I see the leaves falling when you leave. I'ma need a brief and a mission. Switching the scene, living like a dream. I'ma need to keep me some distance. Show me you mean what you spit. Show me you mean what I'm giving. Huh. Yeah. Show me love. Show me something. Show me love. It's all or nothing. Show me love. 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 Show me something. Show me love. It's all or nothing. Show me love. 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 The kind of don't disappear when it's tough. Show me a tenderness when it's rough. Show me no limits, can't get enough. Show me depth. Dig deeper until there is nothing left. I'm layered, there's always another step. Show me you can build, gotta do your reps. Show me strength, the mental much more than the physical. Can't find nothing red being typical. She different from most that is difficult. Show me you can handle the integral. Show me all your gangsta and spiritual. A star conversation like interviews. Don't let these niggas like interludes. <laughs> Show me your passion. Show me something long lasting. Show me you feel about that action. No lights, cameras, or acting. Show me authentic. Show me your plan and your vision. Show me you mean what you're spitting. <laughs> Show me love. Show me something. Show me love. It's all or nothing. Show me love. 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 Show me something. Show me love. It's all or nothing. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love. Hello, listeners. This is Seth Linus from the Let's Argue with Prince Carlton Morning Show. I just want to thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. If you want to support more, you can head over to anchor.fm backslash let's argue now backslash support. And you can give us a monthly contribution of 99 cent, $4.99, or $9.99. Your support will go towards more consistent content and informative interviews in the future. Thank you. Absolutely. We we have we have one more question for you and we appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate it's been amazing. Yeah, man. This has been amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um okay, so Jay Electronica mentioned you in his last verse. You stick with Dr. Fauci, I'm running with Dr. West. When you heard that, when you heard that, what did it mean to you? <laughs> oh man, I, I was humbled, man. My my brother, Jay Electronica, we go back. From the beginning of our journey in Islam back in Atlanta, 
And I've seen my brother grow and grow to become the God on the mic. Right. And so I'm so proud of him to be crowned in a sense by the God of hip hop, Jay-Z. I'm so proud of my brother. So when I heard that bar, I, I, I was humbled. I right. laughed. <laughs> I laughed. Only Jay could put it like that. And, and you know, it's just a, a sign of his lyrical wizardry. Yeah. You know, he does magic yeah. with yeah. the lyrics, man. And I'm like, wow. That, yeah. that, that's a vintage Jay-elect verse. Yeah. Definitely. Put it definitely. together like that. How can you make Wesley rhyme with it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I hey when I heard it, when I heard it, I posted it on my Facebook. I'll say, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> lyrical wizard. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We uh uh you got any last thoughts or anything that you wanted Man, to say? Uh um brother said Prince, I'm so honored that you would invite your brother to have this conversation on your powerful platform um you are in minneapolis yeah. you're in what is be fastly becoming ground zero mm-hmm. for black suffering and black um stand up black minneapolis is standing up and you are part of that process so i commend you i thank you for your work and your service to black people using these microphones, using your platform in such a powerful and uplifting way. I salute you two brothers. We appreciate you and we salute everything that you're doing. We support you 100%. We just behind you. We just want to let you know that. And I'm behind you. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace.